Before we go live on Facebook, Crackbook, YouTube, this tube, that tube, have you already gone there? You haven't gone there yet. David's fumbled around the camera, so you ain't gone nowhere. I want to share this with you because this is, this is vital. This is very, very, very important. We told you that David and Lindsay, we've been, we've joined together as, as a church with them and we've prayed over them for um, being able to have children and um, that God would bless them. And we went and visited them in South Carolina. I don't know, it's been months ago. And we were standing out on the parking lot and we were saying our goodbyes. And uh, God spoke to them. She rebuked it. <laughs> and she'll tell you. <laughs> but she just kind of said, mm -mm, mm -mm. I know what I, and I, okay. So I'll leave it there. And uh, how many of you know sometimes when, when we pray for certain things that God will give it to us and it doesn't always look exactly the way that we painted that picture. That's right. Sometimes it looks better. See, that looks better than. <laughs> but sometimes he just paints differently. Yes. Well, we got a phone call. Well, I got a phone call. And he said, I need you to pray. I said, okay. You okay? He said, yeah. I was convicted. And Lindsay and I have decided that we're going to be put on the adoption list and fostering. Sorry, we're going to be put on the fostering list and we want to foster parents. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome, man. I got excited. And uh, well, then we got a phone call. It's been a week or two, I guess. And he said, man... This was, it was a Wednesday. No, it was that Sunday morning, Sunday morning that I was sitting in my office and God put David and Lindsay on my heart and I called David and Lindsay that morning while I was here. See, sometimes if God puts me on, puts you on my heart, I might call you before seven, <laughs> especially on a Sunday. But um, so I called and lo and behold, they're in Tennessee and uh so I called and I just started speaking to him. And David and I have this weird relationship that it's just, it's a funky interchange, but it works so well. And uh, so I just began to speak over his life. And I, we spoke blessings and we agreed that this was, a, this was a turning season for him and his family and that he would walk into blessings that he was going to be unable to count. And not, it was the next day, it was Monday, he calls. I missed the phone call. I had to call him back. He missed mine. <laughs> so that went on for a few hours. Then we finally hooked up. And he said, man, I have to tell you something. I said, what's that? He said, less than 24 hours. Lindsay and I got a phone call from a fostering agency. Now, I can't go into all that, but I don't have time. 
It's not that I can't, I just don't have time. They got hooked up with a fostering agency that they knew nothing about and they just happened to hook and it was a Christian fostering and they had no idea of any of that. So they were praying over them and they were praying, over, I mean, it was just crazy. But anyway, they got the phone call and they said, um, we got you some babies. And they, he said, uh, you got me what? <laughs> it was plural. So they have two children. They went from nothinghood <laughs> to double trouble. <laughs> but so they have two children now that they are fostering. And they are fostering with the hopes of. And I'm praying for it. Their names are Zay or he <laughs> Isaiah two. Tamor. Isaiah and Tamor, their brother and sister. They're two brothers, mm -hmm. one and two, one-year-old and two-year-old, one two they're brothers. After he got to reading and understanding more of who they were and where they were coming from, we, we prayed over that for about 30 minutes before they got there. And, uh, but he has said their names are Zay and Tay. And they're going to be dressed to the nines coming to a wedding in February with them. And this is what I want to do before we go live. I want us to join together. Guys, until your heart bleeds with a desire that you yourself can't fix, you'll never understand but this has just blessed them beyond belief. She's actually, she's gone from everything's cool to I'm stressed. <laughs> Overnight. Overnight. So it's good for them. And I'm just so excited for the family. I'm, I'm excited for the kids. I, I, I told David, we, we, we prayed when, when they were coming. And, and I just prayed. And this was before he told me everything about everything. But I, I just prayed for a, for a safe haven for those children, for a place of peace, that when those children came there, that they would have such a peace and that they would become so, so easily trusted in David and Lindsay that it would be like a mom and dad thing for them. And uh, so what I want us to do, I want us to gather together. I want us to pray together in agreement with that, that, that this works out so wonderfully that not only are the David and Lindsay blessed, but those two children are blessed. And uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I just can't imagine. And uh, for the kids. But anyway, if you got somebody close, just grab a hand and let's just uh, let's pray over them. Father, this morning, I just. God, sometimes we just get so overwhelmed with your goodness that sometimes all we can do, or at least me can just cry that's all we can do so father this morning tears of joy flood my soul for these people god i speak blessings over Lindsay and david god that you would give them that you would give them maternity instinct and god that they would be able to love these two father in a way that would blow everybody's mind and Father, these two children, I speak peace and stability in their life. 
Father, comfort and security over their life. God, let nothing come, let nothing come to harm. Either those that are watching over or those that are under the watch. Father, may your name be glorified in and through all of this. God, stand tall in this circumstance. Stand up and be recognized. To you be the glory. And Father, it's everything that we do to give you thanks. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. But I'm just, I'm so excited about them, I can't stand myself. But, um, so I can't wait. Got your Bibles? Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Go to Ruth chapter 1. Now y'all can do whatever you want to do with YouTube and Facebook and Crackbook. And... Ruth chapter 1, starting at verse number 6. I'm going to read through verse 17, a little lengthy, but just bear with me, and we'll try to get through this. Ruth chapter 1, starting in verse 6, then, then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from that place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return. Oh, you might want to underline that. Return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return, to, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely, you got to picture this. They said they, that they lifted their voices and they began to weep. And they said to her, Surely, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. <coughs> if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Basically, even if I could, are you willing to wait? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, 
My daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I'll die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw, yeah, I'll, I'll read this. This is going to be starting next week, but I'm going to read this to you because I want you to chew on this too. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. The end. Now, that last verse, I want you to chew on that for the week. So the only way that you're going to chew on it is you're going to have to read the before and the after. I want, you to, I want you to go through this book with me. And I want you to jot down things that God might be speaking to you. Because each and every one of us are in a different season in our life. Each and every one of us are at different levels, different places of understanding. And God's going to speak to us at that level in most cases. Sometimes he will speak at a higher level to pull you there. But sometimes he knows that where you're at is where you need to be, and that's where he'll speak to you from. Okay? So I want you to chew on that. Let me give you a little backdrop of what, well, Tommy, I didn't give this to you, but let, let's, let's go back to verse 1. If you've got your Bibles, you can go back to verse 1 quicker. This is... I'm going to go ahead, I should have just read the whole chapter. We'll just do verse 1. Let's do verse 1 through verse 5. Now it came to pass in these days the judges ruled and there was a, a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephraites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Imelech, Naomi's husband, died. She was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years then both Malon and Chilion, man, that's, 
All right, I might get some more stuff out of here. Then, then both Malon and Chilion also died. So the women survived her two sons and her husband. How many of you know, boy, that ain't a, if that ain't a journey? You go somewhere with somebody and then you outlive them. Not only do you outlive the one you follow, but you outlive the one you birth. Boy, wouldn't that turn some sweethearts bitter. And we're going to find throughout this that Naomi became bitter. But I, I want to give you a, a little backdrop of what had happened. I mean, I wonder how many of us have actually sat in a place called Bethlehem, Judah. Let me help you. Bethlehem, house of bread. So how many of us have been in that place of provision? We, we've been in a place of provision, and we've had all that we need. We, we, we lack nothing. We're, we're really not asking for anything. Life is good. It's moving right along. And we're just praising God because Judah is praise. And we're just praising God in our provision and everything. And like, man, it's just so grand, and it's wonderful. And then something comes up, and it doesn't look like what it should look like in the house of praise or in praise, or in the house of bread, or in provision. So what we find ourselves doing is looking for something that takes us to the place where we're already at, but we don't recognize the place that we're in for the issue that surrounds the place that we're in. Have you ever been into a place, a good work, you've been established in a corporation in a good work environment, and everything with that corporation is wonderful. You've got... 401s and 1292s and you got all these different numbers with all these companies and, and the job is good, you're 7 to 3 and just everything's right but you end up getting a boss that just climbs down the back of your neck and now all of a sudden everything where you're at really doesn't appear to be that great. I didn't bring that home far enough. Okay, let's, let's go, can I go, you want to go to the marriage? I'll leave y'all alone because some of you get in trouble when I talk about marriage and y'all go home and y'all say what a pastor said and then you get smacked and beat up put in the doghouse. But have you ever been, I mean, man, it is just awesome. The wedding was beautiful. Everything went as planned. I mean, it was wonderful. And two weeks later, she either burnt biscuits or he left underwear in the bathroom floor. Come on in here. Well, now the marriage doesn't appear to be as grand as it really is. Because now we're focused on situations. How many of us have ever been sitting in that place and we make a decision based on the situation not based on the place. You ever been there? Listen, just because you have an argument don't mean you have grounds for divorce as much as we want it to. I am done. Get out. But too many times we become foggy-eyed. We, we don't really see things as they are because we've been distracted by something else that doesn't look like. And we make a decision 
We make a decision without going to God and, and, and saying, I need help. Help me out. Or asking the Holy Spirit, give me direction. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom. And we make a decision that causes adversity in our life. And the first thing we do is we become bitter and we blame God just like Naomi. She said, God has dealt with me. Maybe if they'd have stayed in Bethlehem, it would have still went down the same way. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say that. That's why I'm trying, I'm trying to let you understand. Just because that you're outside the will of God doesn't mean you're going to get punished every time. I'm just letting you understand something this morning that your decisions <laughs> y'all don't make decisions. You just live like this. <laughs> Debbie used to have this saying it is what it is. It's not. It is what you make it. It ain't just is as what it is. But we'll make decisions based on that. Well, we can't change it. Why even bother? So we'll just keep. And the whole time, you could have changed it by making a decision. Anybody ever been caught in that middle? You ever been sat in that road where there is the, a decision has to be made now? We're going to make it. Whatever we make, we got to live with. Whether it's good or bad, you have to live with it. It's a little bit easier to deal with it when it's good, right? We all want to make good decisions. But sometimes we allow our emotions to dictate and to overflow. And our decisions are based off how we feel. How we see. How we smell. Come on, church. We'll make our decisions based off of that instead of basing it off of what we know. Well, how do we do that? We get in the Word. What does God say? Well, Pastor, I can't find nothing. Then pray. Well, I'm not hearing nothing. Then shut up when you're praying. Listen. Prayer goes, but it's a communication. It's an exchange. It's intimacy. It's an exchange. Sometimes we have to seal this so that we can use these. So here they are. Naomi is in the midst of an issue that she has, that she feels, that has been brought onto her because God has dealt with her. So she's at a place. And she heard that God visited Bethlehem, Judah, and has given them bread. She knows what she had there when the provision was there. So she was ready to go back. This is all lining up with Christianity. If you'll follow me through it, I'm going to give you like three different stages of Christendom. And we're going to use these women as those stages. 
Because you, you've got Naomi, Naomi, you have Orpah, and you have Ruth. These are three stages. You've got one that's been there before. She, she knows what it is to taste and see that the Lord is good. So her decision to go back, there really isn't a decision. I know what's better there. I'm going. Even in my bitterness. Oh boy, if we would do, if we, if we could do that. If we could turn back and go to where everything that we've ever wanted and ever needed was given to us. If we could learn to go back to that and stop playing in this. They were there 10 years. Ten years dealing with Moab instead of being in Bethlehem, Judah. Well, Pastor, wouldn't you have left if it was famine too? Probably at that point in time when I didn't know anything. Has anybody left their Christendom because life had a hiccup? Life had a bump? You, you lost a loved one? You, you had a divorce? You, you, you went through this, you went through that, you went through another thing, you, you've gone through all of that, and the next thing you know, you make a decision based on that, and you walk away. And then you find out after you've lived over in here for a while that it just so happened that life wasn't turning around at all. I still had bad jobs, bad relationships, bad money. But See, y'all not, this ain't, this ain't the love you sermons. This is the challenge you sermons. Because I, listen, I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get the church out of a funk. I'm tired of seeing a church set in a place of complacency because they just feel like that this is where it is. It doesn't get any better than this. Y'all ever seen that commercial? It just don't get any. It does get better because Jesus promises, God promises in his word, that we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. That means there's all, if you think that God's given you the best that he had right now, you just wait. Now I can't go back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I heard it. I heard him when he spoke to it. He did give us his best because he gave us his son. But see, I've got to talk to you in such a carnal way to get you to understand a spiritual truth. Your wife right now, she is not, she is not the best that she'll ever be. You know what will make her that way? By you doing your job as a husband. Come on, church. Come, see, you ain't, you're not exempt. I'll get y'all too. See, I'll just pick you out the crowd, won't I? Won't I? I'll just, I'll come and get you. Because we, we need to understand this. That our decisions, the decisions that we make now will determine where we will be. And I don't know about you, I'm tired of making decisions that are just knee-jerk reactions. Anybody ever done those? A little knee-jerk reaction just because, oh, we're in a dilemma. Oh, I, I missed the paycheck. We got to sell our home and sell our car. We sell everything. And then I go, oh, I can't even get a job because I ain't got no way to get there. I, we'll make decisions. And here is Ruth and Naomi and Orpah standing in this crossroads. Man, it's just like our Christendom. 
where we stand in a crossroad. We meet Jesus in a crossroad. And he says, I'm going over here. But you probably ought to just stay where you're at. It's going to be easier for you. That's what he should be saying. He should just stay. Man, it's easier to live like you want to live than to do differently. Because if you come with me, oh, here's a good one. Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. If you want to be a part of me, you have to pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. See, we don't... A bunch of us, man, we, we will make these decisions to follow Christ in the midst of the hype. While we're in church. See, I'll... I can't preach to you carnal the whole time because then you, I got to give you some spiritual stuff to bring you to that level. But you can't, you can't just serve God here in church. That's not making any type of impression. That's not proving any of your love or commitment or dedication to him at all. How many of you know it's a lot easier to stand up and clap and praise Jesus when everybody else is doing it? And see, and there's some Sunday mornings I'm sitting here going, what? In the world is wrong with you. Why? Especially when I know that it dealt directly with somebody. I'm going, you, you of all people, probably should be running through the church. But you won't because you're worried about what other people might say. We, we restrict our praise. Oh, it's still decision. We restrict our praise based on what everybody... Come on, you're... Oh, you're in a place to where you have legal right to praise God to bring you through everything that he's brought you through but because religion has given you some type of tainted gospel you're going to sit and be quiet because if I am quiet and I am reserved I am holy malarkey <laughs> best word I can get pretty good one Decisions that we make. But instead of you praising, you sit. And God's going, am I not worthy of your praise? From what I've done for you? That this is the best that you can, this is the, this is the best that you can give me? I'm all in everybody's, I'm all, I'm all up in your dip. I, 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 just, I just rolled my finger around in your ranch dip. Huh? Who in here likes ranch besides me? I love ranch. That's my favorite. But this is what we'll do in life. We will make these decisions based on these things. And then when we make the decisions, we want to blame and deflect to everybody else on why we don't. See, go back and live with your mother's house. Because, you know, going back to your mom's house, 
You already know what's there. That's what keeps a lot of you from making the decision to follow Christ fully. Because you fear the unknown. Oh, uh -oh. I just heard the Holy Spirit says some of you fear what you know. He may, he may have already called you into something. And you're making a decision based on the fear of what you know. If I follow him fully, I'm going to have to go to Africa, Tommy. I, I'm a, you, there, there may be things in our life that we already know that God has called us to, but because we don't want to give our all to him, we go, well, we'll just go to church on Sunday. I might even, I might even go and shake my pocket and see if I ain't got a little change. But we won't make a decision because we do not believe what he has said. Some of us will just sit right where we are. See, we'll go to church, but we won't tithe because we don't believe in tithing. No, Pastor, I believe in tithing, but you just don't. So that's not a belief because belief brings action. You sat in the chair because you believed that it would hold you. You married that woman or that man because you believed that they loved you. Come on, church. Come up in here this morning with me for a minute. Get in the hot soup bowl. It's a good time for it, man. It's like 17 degrees or something. Crazy. And here they stand in the middle of this road. And she has now just put out an option. It brought me back to the remembrance of, of Moses. When Moses looked at the Israelites and said, Today I have given you life and death. Choose life. Man, it brought me right there. It brought me right there. Because that's where we stand in serving God. Are we willing to give God? Are we willing to say, Abba, I belong to you and do as he has called us to do totally? Or are we just halfway? Who in here, you got coffee? Is that lukewarm? See, who likes lukewarm coffee? Well, let me help you. God don't like it. He said, I'd rather you be cold or hot. Right. You're lukewarm. I'm going to spew. Spew's too good of a word. The true word is vomit you out of my mouth. That's the literal meaning. And as far as I know, vomit's not pretty. How many of us want to be vomited out of the mouth of God? I wonder how many of us are willing to make a decision to be either all in or all out. Come on, halfway Christians. Let's play. Let's play this little board game. You all in, you all out. What, do you, what, do you, what, do, what is it in life that you're really looking for? Are you looking for life, an everlasting life, a life that is full 
that is lacking nothing, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Or is that the life you want? Or, 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 wait. Okay, 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 okay. Or would you rather just live in a life that you can be inconvenienced on a Sunday or be embarrassed on a Monday because the pastor called you and said, hey, where was she yesterday? And now you're in a, now you're in a dilemma. Now you either got to lie to the pastor. Oh, I was, <coughs> I was sick. <laughs> or you say, I woke up and just didn't want to come to church. So when we're doing that, what are we saying? If we don't, if we just, <laughs> Pastor, I ain't got, oh, oh boy, I hate the religious spirit. I don't have to go to church. You're, you're listening to a lot of lies and deceits that the enemy is putting out there for you to dabble in so that now you become more comfortable. When the word said, don't forsake the gathering for the upbuilding of one another. I needed you here today to look at me and tell me that either you love me or God loved me. And that kept me from going over the edge. That's right. Amen. But no. No. You had to decide this morning you want to stay at home. Because your life means more to you than my life means to you. Oh boy. Because now we don't understand the word love. Because our interpretation of love... It's got to come with some boundaries. Can't talk to me like this. You can't act like that. You can't say this. You can't do that. Because if you, I don't love you. Now, I still love them in the, you're lying. I'll love them from a distance. You're lying. Oh, I'm coming, baby. I am coming. I'm warm now. I'm coming. Too many times we make our decisions based on how we feel. We're not making our, our decisions based on what we should know. And the word's clear. If you can't love your brother or your sister, then the, the love of the Father is not in you. If the love of the Father is not in you, my friend, you are no part of his family. You can't love without being loved by the Father. But we don't want to hold ourselves accountable on agape love. We want to use the phileo love. That's got to be, not Philadelphia. I just, in my mind, I just seen the big P come up over top of your head when I said Philadelphia. I mean, he automatically went to baseball. But some of you went to football but we, we want to do the fillet, I love you like a brother. That means we can hang out every once in a while, and I'll help you when it doesn't inconvenience me, but man, quit asking for everything all the time. A lot of us bring that same type of love into our marriage relationships. Because somebody done something we didn't like. I'm getting a divorce because they'll never change. Sweetheart, <laughs> they wasn't going to change when you met them. That's right. Who lied to you and told you that you can change them? Mm -hmm. 
What decisions are you basing your direction on? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in God a year from now? There's something you can chew on right there. Where do you want to be personally? Where do you want to be in God one year from now? Now that you've had a moment to think, some of you thought about it real quick. You said, right where I'm at. Some of you did. Because some of you will not be willing to change any decisions that you have made up to this point. You will not make any different decision for the next 365 days. Your decisions will be the same. I'll wake up on Sunday and I'll go to church on Sunday. I'll tithe. I'll go every once in a while on Wednesday. I won't cuss. Won't smoke. I won't drink. It's the same decisions you've been making ever since you went to the altar and some man decided he was going to lead you to the Lord and say, repeat after me. So you've decided to go ahead and adopt a value of work relationship with God and not a grace relationship with God. Not dependent upon his blood and salvation of his son, but you're dependent upon what you can add to that. So that's how you live out your Christian life, by making work decisions. Because you know if you don't go on Sunday morning, then you're not, if I don't go on Sunday morning, my mom said I'd go to hell. <laughs> right? Now, now listen, there's no, I'm, not, I'm not bashing you for not going to church on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whatever. I'm just saying that your priorities need to change. If you want to get deeper in God, you're going to have to do something a little bit more now than what you've done in the past year. If not, you're going to be at the exact same spot. So your decisions have to become based off of what you know. And the Bible says, seek me while I may be found. And he says that he, he will draw close to those that draw close to him. Full of word this morning. But we don't want to draw close to him because that means, oh, whew, boom, there we went. We went to Joshua. We went to Joshua chapter 5 real quick, fast, and in a hurry when they were setting across the Jordan River and they were in Gilead. And God said, Now I want you to get a flint knife. And I want you to circumcise Israel again for the second time. I ain't got time. I'm, I'm not going to stay there because I'll never get through this. But I am trying to help you out. That at the moment of promotion. See, you've been, oh. Really wish I could just write all this stuff down. Be a lot easier to do the book. We, we want we want promotion in our life. We want to be closer to God in our life. We, we want the things of God in our life. We, we want those, but what's wrong is we're, we are not willing to be separated from what we already have. I need you on your way up to grab two things and put them in your hand. Yeah, come on. Too many times, I don't care, I don't care what you grab, you can grab two things. Two things that don't mean that, well, you can grab two things that ain't a whole lot to you. No, you can't bring that. You're trying to disturb me. Oh, you might not want to bring that. 
Oh. Oh, bring it. Bring it. Yes, Lord. Oh, it couldn't have been any better unless it falls. If this flows out the way, I'm hoping that it's going to flow out because I've not, we've not rehearsed anything, right? If this, if this goes out the way, oh, thank you, Jesus. But we get to that place of Gilead where we have, we've been set free. We've been told that we have been set free. We are moving into our promise, but we're in this place. We're in a place where we're not totally where God wants us, but we're not really where we used to be. We're here in this place, in the middle. We're having to make a decision now. Right? We're having to make a decision. And whatever our decision is, is going to dictate. It's going to dictate everything. Oh, see, there's a typical Christian. Thank you. I appreciate you. There's a typical Christian. Look, now check this out. Now, come on, follow me. Pay attention. I probably should have given you something bigger, but, but that worked, oh, that works so perfectly. Oh, my God. Y'all watch this. Watch this. This wasn't part of it. Man, this works. What? I mean, all of it. it. We want the goodness of God in our life. We want it. We really do. And, and I'm not saying that none of you don't. I'm, I'm saying deep down inside, you really want a change in your life. You want to experience God on a level that you've never experienced God. I truly believe that. But what so many of us do, we have to make a decision when it comes time for that. Whether we're getting all God, or in this case, we're going to get God. We want to hold on to our emotions and our bitterness. Oh, man, this was so good. I mean, this was so good. We want to hold on to all of our emotional things, the things that mean all of our bitterness and our sorrows and our life and our letdowns and our betrayals. We, gotta, we want to hold on to that because we just can't seem to forgive. So we want to hold on and we still want God we still want God, but we're still afraid to let go. Oh, we, we want, we, oh, no, he won't even let go of it. He said, we, we want God, but, but this has a tendency. This has, this has, <laughs> this has a tendency. Sometimes I think they make this stuff with spray glue. Mm -hmm. So when it hit, man, we, yeah. That's right. we, come, we go like this. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it just won't come. And it just, it just won't go. Just, I wish they'd do it when it comes to that. <laughs> I, I, I can't. We want. Shut up, Rocky. Stop. All the playing. I, I messed up. You, you want me to give you one to replace that? I'll, I'll replace this to give you a crisp one. But we don't want to let go. See, the world, the world. But 
at what the world can offer me right now. I know I'm not working the best job that I should be working to express my Christianism, but I am working, Pastor. I get it. Okay. But if I quit, if I give everything that I have to God, then I've got to get rid of... And we oftentimes stand in that middle of the road and that's where we live. We live that place from the time that we accept Christ until the time that we die. We stay. Now, I'm not saying you won't be saved. The Bible says that whoever. We, I ain't saying that you're not saved. I ain't saying that you're not going to go to. I'm just saying, listen, church, we are missing an opportunity of a lifetime to actually increase the kingdom and benefit the glory of God here on thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my way, but your way. Less of me, more of you. Not my will, but thy will be done. And we we don't want to let go of everything else in our life because it still has an attachment. There's some kind of an emotional attachment that causes us, oh, we're happy and, well, here's a good verse. We walk by the kitchen table. Oh, I haven't read this today. Okay, great. Oh, come on, church. Will you come in? Will you come in with me this morning? Will, will you make a choice this morning? Will you make a decision in your life that will change your destiny? Because where you suffer now, Paul said it was good that I suffered. And the Bible says, after a little while, I will establish. See, (laughs) it's okay. I'm just saying eventually, there's a point in time in your life that this needs to go away. It needs to go away. Drop the box. (laughs) Perfect. There's times in life that that's got to... Man, we've got to be willing to put this thing behind us. We've got to be willing to take that emotional feeling that flares up in our life because somebody has betrayed us, said something bad about us, has caused us to have our feelings hurt. We've been offended. No, you've just been angry. You're just mad. You don't even know what offense means. But there's a point in time that we got to drop that and say there's a time in life that this has got to get behind me so that I can live in the things that God has set before me I'm not asking you to get rid of all of it at one time I know this is a process I'm smart enough to understand that once you give your heart to Christ there's still a process the Bible says that we are to die daily boy God I'm happy this morning because he's just filling me so full of word for you and then there comes a time where the world shouldn't matter The Bible says that surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I mean, how many of you want mercy and goodness to tackle you, to catch you off guard? But until we are able 
to make a decision in our heart and in our life to follow God 100%. Abba, I am yours until we are willing to submit totally. You can't expect Him to give you everything. Come on. That is childish behavior. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I became a man. <laughs> Give me this back. That means more to me. Here, take these with you and cry over it. Are y'all with me? Oh, God. Our decisions. What are you choosing this morning? Did I hit him in the head? Oh Lord, do I need to do I need to shut Facebook down and pray? We need I thought I hit him in the head. She's looking at him. That woman loves you. She's saying, baby, did he hurt you? That, you got one, boy. Lock it down. Lock it down. Are you with me? Have I lost you? I mean, dear God in heaven, we, we, have, we are in a place and time in our life. You're in a season in your life that you have to make a decision. What decision are you making today? I'm going to get out of here late, Don. Because I ain't even got to verse 6. We... <laughs> It's easier if you go and just live life your own way. Trust me. It's easier to live. Now, it's not beneficial. But it's easier not to have to worry about setting an alarm clock for 4.30 on a Sunday morning. It's a lot easier to be able to sleep in. Oh, yes, it's easier. It's easier for me not to have to watch my mouth every time I open it. And then I have to be reminded, bridle my tongue. Why do I want to bridle? It's not for my salvation. Oh, come on, religion, stand up so I can hit you. It's not for my salvation. It's, the, it's for my maturity in the kingdom. See, ah. Uh, we, we talk about this and we talk about the prophets that want to do loose lip stuff. They prophet liars, not prophesiers. They're prophet liars. They just get all over Facebook, YouTube. They use their, their horrendous platform that they have. And I say horrendous not mistakenly. I say it on purpose because it is horrendous. I didn't say tremendous. I said horrendous. It's horrible. But they'll use that platform. To promote things that shouldn't be promoted. And they'll tell you all this is going to happen. And all I'm so tired of hearing people say, God's fixing to. God's been fixing to since day one. You can't give me nothing better than God's fixing to. We talked about it a couple years ago. Y'all take y'all add up that time. We talked about it a couple years ago. Everybody out just prophesying. 
Everybody was wrong. Only a couple stood out and said, I'm sorry. I should have never said what I say. The rest of them prophylized. But see, here's a problem. Oh, dear God, where are you taking me this morning? Because see, it's, a, it's much easier to follow the crowd than it is to stand on your own. Don't you know that the prophets back in the day, they were feared. People didn't. <laughs> you wouldn't call up prophets and say, hey, come over to the house. You're scared. No. <laughs> Here he comes. He's bringing judgment. Because most cases, that's what he brought. And he didn't miss it. When he said, God said, go on to the bank. Put it in, baby, because that was, that was the deal. He wasn't missing nothing. And we'll make, we'll make these excuses that, well, sometimes we'll miss it. And listen, I have fallen into this trap. I have fallen into the Moab trap. Oh, we're going to get to that. I'm getting ready to go. I have fallen into the trap hearing people teach. Entrusting so much that when they taught, I just took it. And just ate on it. Well, Rocky, sometimes we're not going to get it all right. We're going to miss here and there. Let me tell you something. You can't show me one prophet ever that missed it. I challenge you. Here's a book. Go home, read it. Try to find me one. Show me one where the prophet missed it. Show it to me. This is for my learning, right. not your experience. Right. This is for my learning. If he didn't miss it, guess what? I better be real cautious on what I say, when I say it, to whom I say it to. If you're unsure, go prophesy to the couch in your living room by yourself. Listen, because all we do, we're setting, we're, we're setting God up to appear. I've got to choose my words properly. We're setting God up to appear as if he doesn't always get it right. Y'all don't like me, do you? I know religion don't, but I don't care. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm tired of falling into this tainted and perverted teachings that causes us to make our decisions based on those teachings. Okay, where do you get that from, Pastor? Here we go. Y'all remember Lot and Sarah? Sodom and Gomorrah? They went and got them out. When they were bringing them out, Sarah turned around. Sarah turned into a pillar of salt. That left him and his two daughters. They acted the Bible. The scripture says in it's Genesis 19 something. But it, in, or Genesis, you know, something like it. Genesis 19 or something. But they said that he left with him and his two daughters. They left Zor. Place means little. <laughs> he had one thing, right? Get out of something small and get into something big. But he, they left him and his two daughters, left Zor and went and lived in a cave. And the daughters... The daughter manipulating boy. They said, Our mother is dead. We have no man on earth that we can depend on now. 
Because then it went to the eldest son. It went to the firstborn. They recognized they didn't have that. It wasn't there, so they couldn't live under that garment. So those two got together, manipulating women. I ain't saying all of y'all. I just said manipulating women. It get on my nerves. Acting in a place of witchcraft. But they got together and they spoke together out of the presence of their father and said, let's get him drunk and let's go lie with him to give him a son. Oh, come on. See, y'all watch it. Y'all watch soap operas and all. And y'all think that's just the, that's the name of the game right here. It's to give you, it'll give you anything you want. It's in here. Let's lie with our father and give him a son. So they took wine and got their father drunk and the eldest laid with her father. She told the youngest the next day, I laid with my father last night. Let's get my father drunk tonight. Let's give him some more wine and let's you lie with him tonight to give him a son. They both lied with him. They both became pregnant. They both give a child. Well, one of the names child was Moab. Perverted teaching. And that is what we will hang our hats on when we make a decision and we say stupid things like this. Well, I don't have to tie to go to heaven. I don't have to go to church to be saved. And I don't, and I don't, and I know you don't have to. But let me tell you something. Out of the love that you have for your father, he said, if you love me, you will obey me. And yet we still tie ourselves to our decision based on a perverted treat, a perverted teaching, just like Orpah. She kissed her mother-in-law and turned her back and went back to the way that it always was. Because over there, she knew what to expect. She knew what was going to happen. She knew what lied before her. But over there, she had no clue. She was a little disturbed, just like most of us. Oh, we want God, but then, then preacher gets up and preacher really starts talking about some of these things that God might talk us into, like going to a funeral home and laying hands on them when we're there for the family night and laying hands on them and begin to speak in tongues and begin to pray over a dead body and it rises up. You can do that, but you won't do that because it takes too much of being more like God and being less of you. Decisions. What decisions are you making? How much deeper in God do you really want to be? You have to make the decision. Will I go back to what was because it perverted me? This is why I love fighting religion. I like punching in the face. It's been perverted teaching for generations. I didn't give my heart to God the first time because I wanted a relationship with Him. I give my heart to God so I wouldn't burn in hell. See, if you haven't been there, you don't understand. If you've been Methodist or whatever else, you, you don't really understand the hellfire damnation preaching that we got out of religious 
I'm not going to name, I shouldn't have named that. Just shut up, Rocky. But I get aggravated. I get frustrated. I get irritated because I sit and watch perverted teaching. And it leads to limp-wristed Christianity. And any time that you walk into a storm, you make a decision based on what you see. And you turn your back on God immediately. And then you find an easy way out and you call the church, I ain't got money for rent, can you help me? And the first thing I do is find out if you're a member. second thing I do is find out if you're tithing. And I'll put that out there. That doesn't scare me to put out. But too many times, man, we rely on Jesus as our genie in the sky. Stop putting him back in the bottle. You just take him out when you want him. Take him out when it's convenient. You take him out when you have nothing else left. Man, I love to hear Christian people. All I have left to do is pray. What did you just say? All you have left to do is pray. Come on, I know it's hot up in here, but it's so, Joe, it'll be fine. You need to help me out, okay? You buffer me after church and say, no, man, the pastor just had caffeine this morning or something. He's okay. I don't even know why is that now. She turns back and goes back to what she's been taught. Perverted teaching. And she allows that to be her decision-making process. I wonder how many of you have done that. You've gone back to a teaching that you've heard that's been perverted, but you didn't know it. Because you don't... Okay. Because you don't get in here enough. I'm not telling you I know this thing front to back, back to front. I'm not telling you that. But I am telling you this. If my spirit don't agree with what you just said, I'm going to go ahead and rebuke you. Set you on a shelf. I, won't, I might not rebuke you out front. But I'll rebuke you in here. Because I don't want that seed to set. I'll set it over here. And then I'm going to get into here and see what he says. And then if he says, Rocky, that's a revelation to you. Then I'm going to accept it. But if he says, mm, 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 this is what I said, then I'm going to take it off the shelf, throw it in the trash, and we, go, and we still go be friends. Man, that's just been so good. I don't want to quit. I wasn't supposed to get that excited. I was supposed to have been setting up like a base so that you understood throughout this that this doesn't have anything to do with your relationship with Christ as far as your salvation. Okay? Please hear that. By grace through faith, that's it. If you want to mature in the kingdom, there comes a demand placed on your life when you accept Christ. And he says, if you want to go there, I'll take you there, Don. But if I do, 
it requires you to drop it and to catch me. Are you willing? Or is the vacation just too good? Are you willing or the sensation is just too good? Are you willing or is the money just too good? Now, please don't not come next Sunday because you said you think that I told you to quit your jobs and quit trying to achieve success. <laughs> Stop. Quit being so childish about it. You need to understand what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you that this can't be more important than him. He says, if you'll seek me first, if you'll come after the kingdom and all of its righteousness, if you will do that, I'll add. How many of you like to have an addition this year? I'd love to have an addition. And if you want an addition this year, then seek the kingdom first and all of his righteousness and watch and see that he won't add to you. He said, I love being able to do this. He said it, not me. So if it don't happen, guess what? I can't be blamed. <laughs> he said it. I want to be added to this year. I want this church to be added to next year. But we're not going to get to that point until we ourselves are willing to give it up. All I can do is give up the best that I can give up. That's why you don't get bulletins at the back door. You don't have programs and you're not going to keep me on a schedule. There's no clocks in the sanctuary and there won't be one. You just deal. If, you, if it's too long for you, go home. I, I'm, I'm good with it. You can pick up the other half on Facebook or whatever. I'm, I'm fine with it. Just don't blame me when you're in a situation and you had all the ammunition that you needed because of a sermon that you chose to walk away from. Oh, it's coming, this one. This will be one. It's a couple things might happen. We're either going to increase in number or we're going to decrease in number. Because <laughs> some people just ain't going to like it. You're not going to like it when I tell you that is not doing what God has told you to do. And you look at me and go, well, you don't know what God told me. Well, I know a lot of what he said. <laughs> Holding hands with another woman walking down the street while your wife's at the house with a child. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to confront you. Oh, did you and Susie get a divorce? How's the baby? Oh, who is she? You his cousin. <laughs> Oh, no, you're not his cousin. Oh, you must be his sister. Oh, you're not his. Who are you? <laughs> Pull him right out on the carpet. I don't care. I'm going to sleep good. You, you are a direct reflection of God on earth. Now, you eat on that however you want to eat on that. Because you were made in his image. That means you're a direct reflection. He looked in the mirror when he put you together. 
This is why some of you can't take that because you're looking across and going, man, God looks like, yeah. He took all of us and put us together. We're beautifully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. All right, I think I'm going to quit. I think I'll quit right there. Yeah, I think that's a good place to quit because she's made a decision to go back. Ruth has made a decision at this point to move forward. And next week I'll pick up to what takes place when she's made that decision to move forward. Make sure that that one last verse you read it because it said Ruth stopped talking to her or Naomi stopped talking to her. That kind of caught me a little bit. That's kind of like after a while. See, as we mature, <laughs> wow, as we mature in things in Christ, we don't hear him say do or not do. Mm-hmm. Most times he's already told us. Yep. Now it's the test. Now the teacher's going to be quiet. What's your answer? And you can't see your way out of it. I used to love, you know, A, no, B, no, C, not sure, D, not sure, C. I'll see my way out of it. I just see a lot of my answers. (laughs) Apparently it must have worked. I graduated. (laughs) Teacher love to hear that, don't they? 